to Soul to Scene podcast, episode 21. I'm Andy Cooper from RMS Motoring, and today I'm joined by Ross Annett. What's happening? And Gary Riley. Not a lot. Not a lot <laughs> indeed. Look, we've just back from our short hiatus, having kids and holidays and all that jazz, and we're straight back into it. We've had plenty of things to cover in the show today, but of course the internet kicked in you. And did anyone see what the the cop car did in Lisburn today, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, if you haven't seen this, there is a video knocking about, it popped into my WhatsApp inbox, and I think the same with yourselves earlier on today. Mm-hmm. Police car flying down the Long- Longstone Street in Lisburn and narrowly misses uh, what we think is a Dacia duster, duster perhaps, the gut, yeah. and uh, flies into the front door of a spar. <laughs> uh, narrowly missing... Uh, a girl in, in the foyer and large amounts of Fanta as well. So uh, pop, pop the video on there, Gary. Shows there. We'll, have, we'll, we'll talk you through it. Uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get the video in the show notes here. But uh, of course, CCTV everywhere now. You can't go anywhere. There's the CCTV out. This, this has happened today. The CCTV is out from, oh. Like, Straight in the front door. Like, Cobb Carr must have, he must have been on the anchors. Uh He's probably doing about 60 mile an hour before he mounted the curb there. Like. He must have heard car because those are bollards. You know, yeah. the anti-ram, anti-security bollards. See lifts there? Yeah, so, mm-hmm. the, so the... Uh, you can the, see that the flashers are still going in the, the car. The, the guy in, in what we think is the Dacia, and please correct correct us in the comments if it's not a Dacia, but we, th- we think it is, and he's going to pull across the traffic. The cop car's coming at full beans, and he, the cop has to uh, put the anchors on. And move out of the way and straight into the front door of the spar. It's just very unfortunate PR for the police. It could be in any car, but when it's a police car, uh, I, I know there'll be memes and all the usual. You know, uh, as you were saying earlier, they were asking for uh, witnesses. Like, <laughs> what, what else? What else? They're paying for witnesses, but uh, I don't know about the two drivers of the car. What What else do they, they need to see? But um, hairy enough. Like, uh, obviously, it was like, well, what do you do? Do you stove into the jeep, or do you try and abandon it somewhere else here? And uh, you see in the interior shot in the spar, like there was a girl. She was what ten feet from the front, yeah. the front end of. Uh, is, is a, is and a, she a, saw it coming too. She got a bit of a fright. Oh, she did get a fright. Yeah. It's, a, it's a seat. What is that? A seat? Something? A state? Leon? No. See. What What do they call those? Yeah, uh, those are the. Yeah, it's a seat. Um, I don't know. Is it? Is it, is it a Leon? No, Altea. Is it? Maybe. But um, it's, it's hard uh, to tell for piece of graphics on. You can never recognise them. No, no, they're. Um, look at you looking them up on the phone. That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm waiting for the, in, the, got, the inevitable interview. I've got enough for this. Uh, you'll, know, you'll now be telling us what it failed at last MOT on as well. <laughs> I'm waiting for the inevitable an interview on BBC or ITV and some guy be going. Who said say it, Leon? I say it was a guy in a police Leon, car did Leon the damage. State. Aye, there we go. Is it Leon C Dynamic TDI? What, what's a derv? All 147.5 brake horsepower. Launched through the front of a spar in Lisburn. So, uh, what what a start to the show. Uh, that was a bit of a spectacular action. Loads more stuff to talk about. I have loot all the things to tell, tell you. Because last week, I was at the Morgan factory. Which was a pretty awesome day. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a big fan of the Sniff and Smith podcast. And about... Two months ago, the tickets come out on sale. I'm, I, I subscribed to them on Patreon, got the tickets, and 20 quid ticket. And I was hang, like, hang on, hang on. 
did, did you hear that? He subscribes to something on Patreon. Pound a month. <laughs> Pound a month. We should do it, do it for this here. Fantastic <laughs> idea. We'll make millions. Is this why I read recently Patreon are sacking loads of staff and downsizing? No, aren't they? <laughs> Your measly contribution. <laughs> well, so, I, but that, this is the thing. This is like a sunk cost thing. So, got the ticket because I knew the tickets would fly out the door mm-hmm. with, um, when they went on general release, which they did. And then I was like, well, I have, I have a newborn at home. I have no chance of going. So, like, literally... On the Monday before, uh, sorry, it was it was a week and a half ago, but the Monday before the, the podcast recording on the Thursday, I thought, oh, frigate, will I go? And it was at, at the Morgan factory in Mulvern on like, on like a Thursday evening. So then I, I, very, I just said, frigate, I'm going to go. So booked my flight to hotel at the airport. <clears throat> There's an overnight job, ha- uh, car hire, all the rest. And um, fired off to the Morgan factory, landed in, got a bite date, and... Uh, had been in touch with the press office and they said, well, look, you're coming over um, to like to look at one of our cars. And I was like, fantastic. Wow. So went to the factory tour, which, by the way, go and see it. The, those cars are aluminium bonded chassis with a wood frame and then aluminium panels bolted to it. It's absolutely first class, oh. all built by hand. What are they still making? They've got the three-wheeler, the new one that came out. They've got the Super, Aero. Is that still? Super 3. Um, no, they don't do the Aero anymore, but they do the plus 4 and the plus 6. Right. So so they used to be like a uh, steel chassis with a body on top of it, mm-hmm. uh, like a Land Rover or something like that, like really um, heavy and old school. Mm-hmm. And then about three years ago, they changed to uh, Lotus-style bonded aluminium sh- chassis with a bit of wood on it and then more aluminium. So they're super light now. Wow. And... Um, then BMW engines, so you can get a four-cylinder, like out of a M128 or 128 Ti or something like that there. Or yeah, they've, they've always had that. Didn't, well, the Arrow had the... Because the Arrow 8 had, had the, the V8, but it wasn't the M5. Was it not the M5 engine? No, I think it was a, a four-liter. Uh, maybe the 540 engine or something like that there. The, but I think BMW are always quite kind of uh, protective of the M engines. Okay. They the, don't tend to let them use that, but they'll give you the next one down and let you tune it up. Funnily enough, so that's exactly what they have now. So that's mm-hmm. the, B, the B48 and the B58. So the B58 out of a M140i or yeah. M240i or exactly. something like that. But So what I was out in was the plus four, which is 255 brake. Well, only weighs a ton wow. and like looks like something mm-hmm. you know that would be sitting in front of Downton, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, top down and all and all the rest. And uh, it was it was uh, fabulous. It was an oldie worldy driving experience, even yeah. despite it had all the all the new running gear and all the rest. It was still Got sort of the wood trim and stuff on it. Yeah, oh, it, Bre- Brennan would love it. Work, <laughs> absolute work of art. Uh, so it was, and uh, just you know, hand stitched everything and the smell of everything. It was just. It was just wonderful. So I did the factory tour, and I just want to see guys, you know. I, I, I was absolutely mesmerised by, like, standing and watching the guy, and he was he was panel-beating the um, the bonnet. You know, it splits in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then he then he got the grinder out, and he starts grinding and um, shaping the louvers in the bonnet and all, just by, just by hand. It was so impressive. Yeah. So impressive. It's a real coach-building art, isn't it? You know, yeah. when you so many cars in there are built uh, for robotics and factories, and mm-hmm. they're all seamless, but... Totally. You sort of go, well... That's maybe not the most efficient way, but then when you buy it, you've more character investment in it, and totally human and, hand has built it. And I think like that was a brand that I didn't really, that wasn't really something I was really on my radar until I went over. Then you, you see, I can understand if you get someone into the factory and they mm-hmm. see it, and you really bond with it. Mm-hmm. It's like gives you a sort of organic experience, and then out in the road. The only thing I will say is, I'm maybe and I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm now in the forties. I'm, I'm maybe still a wee bit too young. For for a Morgan, but I can understand the appeal for the appeal of them, yeah. you know, and they are like a 
they're like a second or third car. You know, no one's ever going to commute to work in a Morgan or anything like that. They are a special occasion. What's the sort of price tag on them, do you know? Uh, so the plus four is about 65k for the 255 brake. And then the plus six with a B58 six-cylinder is about 80. You can get it with a ZF as well. Either of them you can get it with a ZF Auto as so well. So they're not huge money, you know, for what they are, for a hand-built piece of, you know, piece of art. Well, look, we'll probably come to this later in the show. Um, well, we'll probably talk about it all, all the time. But they, when the new shaped car came out in 2019, they were mid-40s. So mm-hmm. that is how much the the price has risen because of Ukraine yeah, and everything. parts shortage. And <clears throat> but even so, as Ross says, for such a bespoke kind of uh, car, it's, it's not insane money. No. Because you see all these retro mod ones now, being, or resto mods being built and stuff like that there, and they're all 300 grand, oh, 400 grand. Yeah. It's nuts. Oh, well, how much is an Alphaholics GTA? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, hundreds of thousands. Uh, how much is a Singer? Mm-hmm. Seven figures, you yeah. know. It's but the Morgan's very it. specific. It's definitely a kind of car, you know, when you're at that stage of life, you're going to pull on your driving gloves and your, your cap and... Go out in that kind of car. I tell you what, yeah. it's the sort of thing Sounds too. Like you lions ju- on a Sunday drive. Yeah, <laughs> totally. You just you just park. It's just something to you go out and look at. They, they are beautiful. There's no doubt about it. Like they're they're a stunning car. But as you said, it'd be a second or third car. Yeah, but so so my day was just a petrol head stream. So it was all but very last. Like within a few days of I'm not going to go to. I just lost the the run on myself and went and booked everything. Did the tour and then met. Uh, Richard Porter and Johnny Smith, wow. who are two brilliant guys, like, and chatting away to them because uh, they were actually on RMS because they were researching. Uh, the you ban- were saying this, yeah. I was, they were researching the Bananarama uh, Mark One Golf GTI. Wow. So, um, oh, what was the song the, in the mid the mid eighties that was? For Why are you Africa? looking at me? I know <laughs> that uh, all the celebrities were recording. Oh. But Live Aid. Live Aid, right? Oh. So there's the there's the music video for Live Aid, right? Uh-huh. And there's all the stars in it. You know, there's George Michael and there's everyone else. Mm-hmm. And uh, Banana Rama arrive in a Mark One Golf. And Mark Irwin and RMS thought he had that car. So there's a whole thread about it. Wow! But it's not. It's but not. It's not, actually, yeah. it's not actually that car. But but they. Had, so it was. It was a great icebreaker to go and chat to those guys uh, about awesome. it. So I met them. Then I was throwing the keys of the plus four, so I was out from the road for two, on two and a half for two and a half hours. So I have a video done. So I took a GoPro with me. Thankfully, I had it in the bag. A video done, a bit of a review on that, and then came back and uh, sat much a live podcast, and and then up and then home early doors the next morning. So that that was unbelievable. But I have done more. We should have had a podcast long before this. I'm going to torture you as well. <laughs> uh, like I feel like I'm like Chorley FM coming in your ears. <laughs> so. Uh, not only that, uh, Supercar Sunday, which yeah. which which we were at, yeah. Uh, but so I took the Yaris down down mm-hmm. to it, landed down, got thrown the keys of an SF ninety. You didn't tell me that now. No, and so so I was out lapping the SF ninety. Yeah. Wow. On I, I, do you know what? Uh, having driven a few, moder- moder- very very lucky that someone is foolish enough to give me the keys, but to drive one on track and like. Well, I'd say even after the eight one two superfast that you run, that must be an experience. I, I have total respect. They are out and out drivers' cars. You know, they are not. They're not show ponies. Yeah, it's not or, just you know, it's that a, looks a straight nice. line kind of demons. Uh, yeah, uh, unbelievable. I was just the the performance in those things. They're a thousand horse. You know, so they're eight hundred brake yeah, um, and the electric and then the high, and yeah and then the the. Um, the electric powertrain on top of so, that there. So, so instant power. Talk dirty to us. T- tell us about it now. 
Oh, it was just, it was absolutely, the performance was uh, staggering. Like, nothing out there, you know, there was there was tuned GTRs and stuff like that there, mm-hmm. you know, and and they were just, uh, what was it the Americans called? Galping, galping people. <laughs> and like, I could have been 10 car lengths behind someone, and there was, and by the time it was in the next corner, there was 10 car lengths in front of them, you know, in the start-finish mm-hmm. trade. Bonkers. Yeah, um, so like, I was doing 160-something on the start-finish trade. You get to that stage where you wonder how much faster can you go, and then you think a sheer on has another what seven hundred horsepower on top of that. Yeah, well, insane. Here's here's the now it was very very I couldn't get get it over how drivable it was. It took me a couple of laps mm-hmm. to to get get a feel for it, you know, because they are quite different. All mm-hmm. the controls are on the steering wheel, and and then um, you have qualifying mode and race mode, and very intelligent traction control systems. Are they rear wheel drive or all wheel drive or rear wheel drive? Rear wheel drive. And it's I, a lot of power on the back. And I. I think that because I turned everything off mm-hmm. at, at the end of my run and we blackened a few corners as well. <laughs> so it has a diff. <laughs> I know that. That's but, amazing. Yeah. So it was just... Probably a super, super clever electronic diff. Yeah. Like, but it was uh, it was just un- unbelievable. And the sound of it and... Well, it's funny you say the sound of it. So where I was, where I was selling, my stall was right at the side of the, the pits where, or the other side of the track where people were getting in and out at the entrance gate. And... There was a few cars went past, and they were whisper quiet. It's GPS and all this, mo- yeah. all this modern uh, the SF90 had a note to it. There's a few guys. Um, there's another car club down there. They're like Apex North, they call themselves, mm-hmm. and it's really cool. There's like a, a load of them go out and travel together. And there's your big guy Glenn. He has the you know all the stickered up livered up Porsche, mm-hmm. uh, the KN. So he oh was yeah, past yeah, yeah. So you could really hear it. There was a wee guy Carl in his M140i, and it sounded fantastic. There's no guy in them too, but all these supercars come past and no note at them whatsoever. And then as I said, you saw the SF90 coming, and it was just ballistic how fast it was going down because we were obviously in the start finish straight there. And as you said, that gap and thing, but there was a lovely note out of it. Whereas. There was Lamborghinis, there was the McLarens, and it was awful just how quiet they were. Like, you'd be, I'd be pissed off if, if I had spent that kind of money on a, on a car and there was just so little note to it. And, and it's just, stra- they're just trying to buy regulations, yeah. Totally here's, right, here's some stats, right? And, I, and I, <coughs> I love the stats. And I always remember the stat about the year 12 super fast. It did 170 in 17 seconds. Now, the SF90 in 4.4 seconds does not do 100. Jesus. And a uh, quarter mile out of the box, nine and a half seconds, 148 mile an hour. Uh, and That's impressive. Not to 150 in 9.8 seconds. That's frightening. Isn't that just staggering? Just for comparison's sake, let's load up Sheeran stats. Now, this this, this, the amount of, like, especially the sports cars that I've bought like the GT4 and the the Lotus I sort of think those cars are so capable Mm -hmm. like it takes me a lot to learn them and you know you need to be doing a lot of track time to really you know I should be keeping those cars years and years and years to try Mm -hmm. and get the value you know to get to learn them Mm -hmm. something like that oh like you have to be you know like an Ayrton Senna job you know well that's again that was one of the things so I've never driven something as fast as that and especially not around a track how snappy are they, Andy? You know, was there any any scary moments? Even though you you know you're you're not pushing it to ten tenths, you're in somebody else's car. But you know, when you're well in triple figures, you know when it snaps or d- did it snap? So I remember the A12. I felt was a very knife edge car. I thought this on the track 
was uh, I felt totally confident in it. It just inspired confidence. It was it was. I'll not say it's easy to drive, but I found it straightforward. Like once I started got got into the groove of it, I thought yeah. this it was just like this thing is just making me go faster and faster and like <laughs> just drawing me in. So what, what did you say that a quarter mile in? Nine point five. So a Bugatti Chiron does it nine point four, but a Chiron costs almost three million. There's some people screaming and at home. And these cost three hundred seventy-five thousand. Screaming at home, going to tell us how fast the uh, Model yeah. S uh, Ludicrous does it in what, what or the pla- the plaid? <coughs> the what, plaid. What was the plaid? A stage nine GTR. Aye, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Three twenty D were Ricky Map. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's crazy power, but you know, even though it's six hundred breakdown on the likes of a Bugatti, it just shows you how much value you're getting for the money. Even though like, it's it's beyond the realms of most mere models still they afford. So at almost four hundred thousand. So the Plaid is is uh, just under nine seconds. Eight point eight three four, allegedly. But um, for the quarter mile, mm-hmm. holy shit. Mm-hmm. But you get all the drama with the SF90. Oh, and uh, so the noise and the so much more. The, the engagement level was just uh, off off the charts. And as, and as I say, then we, we got it moving, got everything off, and moved moving around a bit. And it's so handy in a Ferrari too. You just have the the Manatino, and you yeah. just click it round, and that's, and, it. And that's it off, and and away you go. Uh, the, I thought they were beautiful looking cars. You know, uh, the, there's so many, there's so many of the Ferraris nowadays are kind of like generic male looking cars you know they're they're all like you know a slight tweak here and then mm-hmm. the sf90 was just like it was incredible sexy. but but they are like they look look at them they're hardcore carbon so not only you've got carbon brakes but carbon wheels you know like a yeah like the like the mcgann trophy or mm-hmm. whatever they, they did but like just i was i was like carbon wheels oh my god i, I need to keep off these curbs was i keeping off the curbs no <laughs> And then took the I took the Yaris out as well, and I had I had uh, super pants in it as well. But I'm sure it sounded like a Hoover going past because it's super quiet. No, there, do you know something? There was a, another guy in RMS came and asked me what have you done to your car because there was a note out of it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Next time we're on track, I'll I'll take the Yaris. Right? Uh-huh, no problem. I'll take <laughs> the uh, take the M3 out. <laughs> acceleration sounds. We all love an acceleration sounds video, and it's it's a it's a down art. Between uh, GPFs and uh, EVs, well, of course we think to need to get some. Uh, unfortunately, that's not much of a. Uh, no, let's go to the Chris Harris one because he's going to be giving it the beans. Yeah. So Gary's just uh, trolling through uh, a bit of driving there we go. YouTube. Where is he? Yeah. It's interesting as well. Like the not not only are the um, the cars getting quieter, but the engines are getting smaller too. So yeah. Ferraris, what the two nine six GTB, uh, McLaren, the Artura, all all gone V six rather than um, the eight cylinder. But I love Harris. Yeah, you're talking about the engines. I good looking car. It's beautiful. Ferrari, this new SUV thing they're doing. The Pure uh, Sang, yeah. The Pure Sang, I know Gary's going to speak about it later on. It's the only V12 Ferrari you can still buy. NA, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, that, I think that's a limited, I think it'll go V6 hybrid, V8, that yeah, sort of stuff. No doubt you about know, it. So, but so, uh, everything's going smaller engines. V12s are such nice engines. Just Not just for capacity's sake and you know the, the torque and the breadth that they have, but they've got a refinement that you don't get in a V10 or a V8. 
Um, to see, can I get the V12 engine sound from my van? Gary, Gary got to hear my van earlier on. Oh, the, yeah, the Bluetooth speaker. Oh, yeah, Bluetooth <laughs> So I'm going to have to see, can I download a, a V12 engine sound for it next? <laughs> well, well, they're so smooth. That's the thing about the V12. So just like we've been out in the 850 CSI a few times and yeah. I've been a few other V12s. And I think there was a, the famous video of somebody balancing a 50p coin on the V12 that BMW made and, you know, rev an engine and the coin doesn't fall over. Mm-hmm. That's how well balanced it was. Or how much super glue you used. <laughs> Look at that. Uh, I, I absolutely, one of my f- favourite all-time cars is uh, the uh, 850 CSI that you've taken yeah. me out in many times mm-hmm. over over the years. And that's just, it's... Not for a while, sadly. Well, not for a while. Yeah. No, we need to get, that, to get uh, that on the road again. Abs- absolutely. They're, they're what? Honestly, they're one of the nicest shapes of cars ever. I, there's just something about them. I, mm-hmm. I think they're beautiful. There's, um, there's a girl from here in Northern Ireland, um, Abby Higgins, her name is, and she's done black line had done her 850 mm-hmm. and as the air suspension on it mm-hmm. and the spaced out uh, i think the the bbs wheels have been stretched up to like 18 or 19 it's, it's absolutely stunning lovely class car. one of the first cars i think are mass production ones at least they have the the windowless powers yeah and then that i mean the whole the profile really smooth on the side which helped a lot yeah oh, it's, it's just it's so timeless and as the, the the csi it has like the throne star wheels and all on it doesn't it or no yeah. well the yeah, had different, different wheels, and then had the uh, E thirty six M three style mirrors, and yeah. a few other bits and pieces. Oh, you know. Just, just first class. So, uh, bad news. I'm going to continue to annoy. So, so uh, I'm uh, just seeing the next show note, and I think that's even more exciting. This one here. I right? just wonder how you did any work over the last few weeks <laughs> reading these notes. So, so yeah, you you would wonder how I squeezed in uh, looking after a bab um, yeah. with with all all this because not only. Was at Smith and Smith and was driving a Morgan uh, in the SF ninety around Bishop's Court, but I was also out on the road in an MC twenty Maserati. Wow! Absolutely, um, a totally different driving experience to the uh, to the Ferrari. Uh, uh, beautiful noise and uh, a lot a lot roar. I suppose maybe yeah. maybe not maybe not just the same refinement as the Ferrari, but. Uh, Loads more character, a more characterful road car, I suppose I would say. Was it the MC20 that Warren was talking about in one of our last podcasts? I'm not sure. Did he talk about if he was ever going to go back? Yeah, to I think he mentioned it. Um, it's the one that would kind of sway him. So uh, what was interesting about MC20, number one, what a beautiful this. The one that I was in had the full like carbon kit. And that, oh, those yeah. cars are just dressed in carbon. They're a carbon tub. And they're what, stunning. Looking like ever from, <clears throat> excuse me, ever from the first photo that I saw one, I just thought like, they really nailed the style on this. And... And what I actually liked, it sort of, it was good news in a way because they, it is one of the V6, uh, I presume it's twin turbo as well, like I was saying about the Artura and the uh, the 296 GTB, but it sounded absolutely fabulous. And then, and turbocharging as well, like we're all of, of the age where that's sort of early 2000s, you know, Subarus, Evos, Sylvia's, you know, yeah. turbos yeah. and wishes and turbo like yeah, on you know it had all that drama and beautiful noise, and then just uh, and and sound of fabulous went like incredibly well. I think they're when they're you look at that photo, that one I just put up the blue one, you can definitely see a bit of Amira. Yeah, or you know, Lotus have taken a few hints from that. I think I uh, there's something in the, the side profile. The car, that's not, not be, a bad thing. It's you know, it's, it's the, a the really car not to be step, mentioned. But. It still hasn't fucking arrived. <laughs> so I've been driving every other sinner's uh, wagon, but uh, the MC20 was. Was uh, 
just something a bit different. I think it's the only Maserati supercar in like three or four decades, isn't it? You know, it's been a while. The, what's the last one they had? Was that? Um, well, the, the the Gran Turismo stuff. But that, yeah, the Gran Turismo. Which they, it's, it's more a coupe. You know, yeah, it wasn't really a, a supercar. You know, they had a far engine, didn't they? They, they sound really good, and, they, yeah. and they've seen around the road. Uh, but no, the MC20 is the first proper one that's oh. brought out for a while. So just just a work mm-hmm. of art. Um, the only thing that's a down is the name. You know, I think Ital- Italian supercar deserves a proper name. That sounds like a London DJ. Yeah. Mick Swanty. Yeah. Uh, you think it should be called like uh, Fandango okay. Flippin'. It's like an arty farty, you know. <laughs> Fandango Trofeo or something like that. <laughs> Flying Wind or something. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That also uh, incredible. But uh, what else? i tell you one thing that I would love to get a drive in. And I haven't... Uh, someone in our mess, we were talking about questions about when do you, what do you want to ask the podcast? And someone someone said, oh, talk about classic or Japanese cars that we all love. And I don't know if we'll have time today to do that. But uh, then I was reading Evo magazine about, you see the new Civic Type R? That's oh, yes. Yeah. The latest generation. And they've sort of toned down the craziness. So it sort of went uh, Halfords Plus for a while and, and that's slated big time yeah apparently an amazing fantastic driver's car but just just something that you know even more garish than a RS Focus or something like that it, just it continually tops all these polls you know of the, the best front wheel drive car out at the moment or you know even the best hatch out at the moment but yeah. uh, the styling is always a thing that draws people back but probably like the, the new M3 got criticised for the grill despite how good it is yeah yeah. Uh, at least but, they're, they're uh, bringing out a, a state car that's really yeah. exciting but yeah Honda seem to have rectified this to a certain degree yeah the the new car we'll, we'll, we'll stick a, a picture up on the in the in the show thread because uh, it it looks fantastic but I haven't driven anything else apart from that I haven't got my bloody Lotus yet I've been uh, torturing myself I did go to a few other things I did go to the uh, the last RMS Cars and Coffee that was great I think those are now uh, possibly postponed to the new year, although I believe Pete is offering his services for uh, some cars and coffee down at PMG. So, mm-hmm. so keep an eye on the forum uh, for that. I tell you what else I want to drive. You're gonna laugh at this. It is uh, Chinese electric, an MG4. Mm-hmm. They are getting. Uh, Great reviews as as an absolute budget uh, EV. Although unfortunately, budget is twenty starting at twenty five grand, which is uh, well, by, by today's standards, that's budget. Yeah, exactly. By today's standards, great. So I've um, been talking to MG about getting hold of um, of one of those. So yeah, that's be, that's been my uh, since since we last spoke. I'm sure there, I'm sure there's other stuff. Yeah, it's been a busy month. But you've been all around. I've been I've been uh, out and about. About the only place you haven't been as a spar in Lisburn, which was a good thing. <laughs> no, it was good. Uh, at least uh, I know where if anywhere runs out of Fanta where, Orange, where to get it. Yeah. Uh, what about you guys? So, Gary, tell us about this. Uh, speaking of uh, cars we can't afford. This Puro. Is it Puro Sang? That's exactly what I was going to say. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I, I googled it. I looked it up on YouTube. I read it in the magazine and everyone's saying something different. I was going to try and get in touch with someone from Ferrari in other way just to confirm it, but... It sounds like some sort of... your kind of powers, Andy. So it sounds like some sort of, you know... Uh, Puro Sangue? Puro... Fizzy drink, doesn't it? Something like that. If you've watched the, the car wow thread, it means thoroughbred or purebred. Okay. There we go, Mr. Trent. I'm going to go with... Uh, Pearl Sangue because it kind of 
Sounds smoother. Um, but uh, yeah, so we were saying there, last of the Ferrari V12s. Well, last of the V12s, also the first of SUVs, I suppose, as far yeah. as Ferrari goes. But like, it was only a matter of time because all the supercar makers are doing it now. It's it's probably giving them the, the financial clout to make all their models because SUVs seem to outsell everything 10 to 1 mm-hmm. as soon as they bring them out. Like the, uh, both the Lamborghini... Uh, SUV came out and the, the Bentley one I think have been, you know, runaway sales successes and they're out selling their other models, 10 they won, something like that there. So yeah, so the Ferrari Purisangui is six point five V twelve, seven hundred and fifteen horsepower, hundred and twenty four and ten and a half seconds. That's lethal. Yep. And around three hundred fifty thousand pounds, give or take. Shit. Can you imagine, imagine how good that V twelve would sound like? Oh, screaming. Imagine lifting the kids and just uh, like four f- few blips at the gate. <laughs> <laughs> all four, all four tubes lit to V twelve soundtrack. Absolutely uh, uh, incredible, but incredible money too. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot of money, but again, it's, it's a Ferrari, it's an SUV. It's going to have a very unique appeal just for that because Hello, they haven't done it before. I've been very uh, very vocal about the fact that it's not an SUV. Although it is, because it looks like one. Although yeah. they they don't classify it as one. What well, walks like a duck and quacks like a duck. Yeah, it's a people carrier. <laughs> it's a fiat multiple. It's quite it's a good looking doors. car, you know. Even though doors. it's quite big and not not your typical Ferrari, but it's got is that suicide doors or mm-hmm. bullet doors or whatever suicide, door, suicide yeah. doors. And uh, like the styling is just very reminiscent of recent Ferraris, the headlights and the taillights and things like that. There, this like this is definitely an age or position in in life thing, but. Uh, People are really listening. Go, right, they're talking about supercars. Oh, boring, can't afford supercars. They're now talking about bloody SUVs. At least they're not talking about EVs. But yeah, uh, I, I tell you what. See, when I, I have a wee, when I was looking at sending this Norm message, I was finding myself looking at Range Rovers and all oh, sorts yeah. of stuff for like, right, what can I cart cart the the yeah. wee in and the dog and all. Um, and, and you have to think uh, of these I, practicalities. I know that the RMS argument all the times. You don't need an SUV. You don't need an X five. I've had. SUVs for the last 10, 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. I love them. See, see having something, a bit more space in it, you're sitting that wee bit higher up. Can you put more in the boot than you can in a state car? Probably not, but guess what? I don't give a shit because I love them so do. Ah. Um, Pete, uh, PMG, myself and a couple of others were down at Garth Brooks. Uh, we went down uh, last Saturday and I drove down and Pete was sitting in the back and he used the electric seats and reclined himself back and he was and he just turned around and he said that what else would you need? I, I, I said, whilst we may or may not need SUVs, I love it. Well, that's the thing, you know, there's there's something for everyone and SUVs yeah. serve a purpose. Just as, you know, you can't take a like a hard driving sports car out and for every journey and take your family in it. And and this is and funnily enough I was thinking this and then I hopped into the Yaris and it's it's back roads from nearly from my from my door to to here and, and I was mm-hmm. like Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't do this. No, this is no. this car is just <clears throat> there, perfect there's a bump for this for every one. seat, and as much as you can push. My my X five is mapped around four hundred and sixty four hundred seventy horsepower. Mm-hmm. It's ballistic for the size of it, and, and you know straight lines out there. It handles okay, but you go down a back road when you're ass, and I try to follow you on it, and Good I luck. won't even see what way you're going. It's it's interesting actually. I wonder if stuff like that, if the prices are finally starting to thaw. I think they are with some of the Range Rover stuff. I I wonder is the price of fuel maybe starting to make people think. Yeah, mm. like again, we were down. Pete was saying, you know, he loves his Tesla and that there, and and he turned around and he said after 
after he got out uh, on Saturday night, he went Googling then what price are X5 M50Ds because it really put in the notion of getting rid of the, the big Range Rover and, and getting one. And I goes, that's grand, but it was 155, 160 euros to fill it uh, on Saturday. And that's mm. good for 400 miles. That and is that's brutal. About the height of, it's brutal. And, and as nice as it might be, you're 150 quid a fill to do 400 and a bit miles. What about the hybrid in them? Well, funny. <laughs> so Bavarian are on, uh, trying to let me know that you know I've got less than six months left on my lease, and you know we're really interested in putting you into something else. They have been looking at hybrid ones, but even at that, there it's waiting for you know a year and a half before yeah. they get something comes in. Over the twenty, I think I've done twenty five thousand miles in it now in the last couple of years, and it's averaged about twenty five miles a gallon. It's pretty good for... It's not bad for the size of it. It's a seven-seater and... It's current, it's current generation M50D with a four turbos, isn't it? Four turbos. And it's average oh, yeah. 25 miles a gallon over 25,000 miles. That's unbelievable. It does tow. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, every now and then I'll, I'll be towing a heavy enough load with it. It's got the air suspension. I said it's got the seven seats. So when, during the summer, we took a few road trips in there and, you know, the whole of the family of us, so there's five in the family, took a couple of nieces out there with us. So there was, like, it was fully loaded up. Class and they're still shopping around the back of it, so yeah. so yeah, we, we're I'm so sorry, it takes a lot of boxes, takes a lot of boxes, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be a very, very hard car for me to. But they're trying to talk me into an X550i, the five liter pedal one. Mm. So, <laughs> well, we've got the, the, the Puro Sanguine, whatever, whatever it's called, uh, on screen here, and it is you know, it is pretty cool. They have got that coupe uh, look about it. It's quite rounded. It reminds me almost a bit of the Alpha Stelvio, mm-hmm. the Riffline. You know, a lot of Jeeps nowadays are quite chunky looking and square. But that's talking about chunky looking and square. Um, I stopped off with Davian Pro Car earlier on, uh-huh. and he is um, detailing one of those BMW iXs. I was going to say, it's enough. Why do you talk about Davy? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's nice and small and chunky and square, but <laughs> have you seen the iXs yet? That is a fairly brutal looking uh, wagon, so it is. Oh, it's uh, it's not the prettiest. Go, if you go back to the, oh. that is absolutely disgusting. Yeah, there's yeah. there's not a nice angle on it really, and and it was one that's the first I've seen up close, and I kind of wanted to like it. It's just not right, is it? M is it M sixty? Yeah, so even the badge placement doesn't look right. No, it's like somebody tacked on the sixty in the end. It, it's there's just stuff doesn't look right about it. It's is that the new uh, the black M badge that they're going with now? Yeah, on all the cars, black with gold outline. It's a and, pimp and fake sort of reflectory things going on where you and and sort of all these sort of removable panels and stuff going. Is that is that where the charging ports are on the on the back of it or something? Uh, I have no idea. It looks like a flipping. The Johnny Cab from uh, <laughs> Total Recall, doesn't it? Actually, does it? <laughs> that was There's also a bit of transformer there going on the back end. So that's the back end of it. The front is awful. The you know the big grill that we all talk about mm-hmm. um, for the you know all the current generation of BMWs. Yeah, this has got the same big fake grill, but in behind it is almost like three D reflective. It's oh my god! It needs a set of spacers too. Yeah. BMW are a strange one. Like BMW were leading oh, things with the i3 and stuff yeah, like that. There, it's like black and gold, 3D tack. You'd be going on the road and a lot of fucking wasps chasing you. It's 
That just looks like a honeycomb grill. Awful. I I actually think I've maybe seen one of those on on the road. I I cannot see the the, the, the this is this is a Chinese market thing, isn't it? The Chinese so. love love a 100%. love a big snorty nostrily flipping situation. Starting oh, price strange appeal for them. Right. Starting at what one hundred and eleven thousand pounds. Oh, good people deser- people who buy that deserve to be absolutely rinsed. But they're saving because they don't have to pay for fuel. <laughs> Well, this is the, this is the other thing at the moment with the price of it. I think we're gonna we're gonna be looking at a forty p a unit for per per kilowatt. Yeah. For electric, electric is no longer the, the uh, at the moment the the panacea that everyone thought it would be. So, oh, I don't know. So, the question is: Have been there be a totally lost their way with styling, or is it, is it the case of in two years' time this will look fantastic? We just all have to grow into it. <laughs> It's always been the case with BMW stuff, hasn't it? Well, I don't know. When the E46 was announced, like a good-looking car, even the, the first three. special to the M3, I was amazing. Just amazed, blown away by it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, even the, the E92, it came after, was a bit softer-looking, but still a pretty attractive car. I, I have warmed to the um, the current M3 and M4, and certainly the new M3 yeah. uh, state car. The Touring looks yeah. first class. I think the the... I always said at the 3 Series, we will become more and more accustomed to that bigger grill. And the M3 in particular does look great. Um, I, I, I do like the look of it. A lot of people don't like the big slabby sides in that there. But I think it's a really handsome car, especially right. I've seen a few of them, the Adam and Green. And oh, beautiful colour. Stunning. I would still have an M3 over an M4 every single day of the week. Yeah, yeah, totally. Is that gold trim under the mirror as well? Yes. Oh, plastic gold. Beautiful. Lovely. Absolutely horrendous. Makes so, you feel like a millionaire driving along, I'm sure. It, it's a car that I kind of wanted to like, but I couldn't find anything exterior-wise that I would like in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, people used to sort of take the mickey about, you know, the Bentley Bentayga and that there, and, oh, it's, it's horrible, and, you know, the joke was, it doesn't matter how I'm inside it, you know, have to see what it's like outside. This, it's just awful. But 110 grand, like what had BMW in their ice range before that that was that money? Like uh, a Top Whack X5? X5M is around 100 grand. I would, well, it would have been a couple of years ago, but. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. We're just looking at more. Pe- oh, uh, this is just vomit inducing uh, these things. Uh, Straight out of uh, the Cooper rule book. Yeah. Uh, Except the Cooper Born and all the rest, I think, is a cool-looking wee EV. It is. It's all the bronze touches and things. Kinda, yeah. They grow well, on you. And, and I really like that Mustang Mach-E. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I yeah, think fantastic. It, you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. But that said, so it's just... No, that's just an abomination. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, BMW, the, uh, what are they doing? Well, they are doing something, right? It may not be them, but they've been working on EV batteries. And they've developed this new uh, cylindrical battery tech. Uh, I think it's a couple of years off yet, but they're promising a 620 mil range, which is pretty impressive. And in real life driving, that's probably going to be about 500 miles, not 600, but still substantially better than what we're getting nowadays. See, see, when I hear cylindrical, cylindrical battery tech, and, and this is why I wonder why. <laughs> Where's it going to go? Where, where, <laughs> no, uh, wait, what? You'll get these tall cars. I know, is, is it, I know. Is it just going to have like cylindrical battery tech and it's like two enormous Duracells? <laughs> it can end outside, remember? It can lie down. Um. <laughs> yeah, apparently something to do with the shape of the battery it helps the efficiency. And suddenly it's also got, there's a lot of new tech as well. It's not just the shape that's changing. But 
if they can crack that and then improve on it, you know, you could look at a 700, 800 mile range in a few years, which would really change things as EVs go, as long as the uh, charging infrastructure is there. Aye, look, ch- charging's a big deal. The price per unit's a massive deal. Yeah. Um, the miles per kilowatt hour is the big thing as well like four or five is all they can all they can do at the moment and if mm-hmm. if, if it's 40 50p a kilowatt it's not much cheaper than running something that does 60 odd miles to the gallon no yeah. so that's a that's and the price of them the price of these cars we're talking about here horrendous it's it's absolutely horrendous it's uh frightening um uh did you get get one sorted yourselves, Gary? I know you were not yet. Uh, dragging on and on, the company car lists that we're looking at keep changing. But we did actually go and get an ID four out, the Volkswagen ID four for for test, and very impressed of it. It's it's not a speed wagon by any means. It's not like a Tesla. You're not mm-hmm. going to be uh, blasted back in the seat by it. But very smooth to drive. Um, it's basically the same underneath as the ID Q four, which is what we originally wanted. Yep. But has dropped off the list. So I think we'll probably go for the ID four. Just still. Hammering out the, the details and the options list and bits and pieces, but yeah, nice. I think as a daily driver, at the same time, like taking aside the hassle of charging or the cost of charging or the cost of the car, as a daily driver, like electric is just so effortless, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, again, I was speaking to Pete an hour ago, so it was just about a few different things, and his Tesla's off the road at the minute because he's waiting on tires. Mm-hmm. Cannot get tires. I think there's like a four week, five week waiting list for whatever kind of size and width he needs on, on the Tesla. But he, well, he changed the wheels on it, didn't he? he changed the wheels on it. What are they, 21 inch or something? Yeah. But he said he is sick of driving the Porsche. He loves the Porsche, mm-hmm. but he's sick of driving it in traffic and everything else. He said he hadn't realised how into the EV kind of way of driving and the effortless commuting mm-hmm. that that EV driving gives you. And Not he's sitting on the clutch all day. Yeah. He cannot wait to have it, the Tesla back. Yeah. Unreal, just shows you. Mm-hmm. Just shows you. But yeah, it's it's uh, the cost of them. Look, let's stop talking about EVs and supercars. There's bound to be something more uh, normal. Yeah, we'll uh, go back to BMW. The uh, Munich BMW Museum celebrating 50 years of M cars. Uh, it doesn't feel like 50 years to me, certainly, uh, but just a sign of my age, maybe. The very first one was the three liter CSL, the Batmobile, back in 1972 course it was because i i immediately thought one m yeah or the the m1 sorry the uh you know sort of the orange that i've seen them in lotus ripoff type yeah 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 yeah. they were nice but of course the um um i the batmobile the uh uh what what was the movie night have you ever seen knives out the oh yeah yeah with um daniel Daniel craig Craig and um chris evans chris evans drives i'm pretty sure he drives a yeah uh he drives csl in it does he those things are beautiful Absolutely uh, uh, gorgeous. What's 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 your yeah half half a century? Yeah. So f- favorite M car. Well, well, number one, one of my favorite M cars is, and is it a proper M car? Is the eight fifty CSI an M car? No, probably not. It's it's got a lot of M car traits and M car bits in it, but it was never officially an M car. So I have to deny that, ah, even though it may feel like one underneath. Yeah. Uh, for for me, I'd probably say the E forty nine was the the pinnacle. Mm. You know, that, that just the M5, M5 and E39 really looks, driving ability, smoothness, everything. There's been faster ones since and slower ones before, but I think it just had a sweet spot. Ross, what do you reckon? Well, 
E46 M3. <laughs> I was going to say in yellow. <laughs> in yellow. Um, I actually love that V10 that came in the M5, the E60 M5. Yeah. Uh, I think it was just if you could run the risk of the engine not shitting itself and mm-hmm. ruining you financially, I think everything about that, that V10, you know, the, there's just the sound of it. The sound of it screams. Yeah. I, I heard a few of them either, you know, using schnitzer exhaust or decal mm-hmm. and they were just F1 car sounding. Although people do still say that the E46 was the best ever M car and I've probably been claiming <laughs> Well, the E46 sounded pretty good too. It's always yeah. kind it, of raspy, zingy, top end. As I said to anybody, they are not the fastest car by any stretch of imagination. Um, they're a nice looking car, but they're twenty year old three series mm-hmm. at this stage. Yeah, but they really are for for me. The E forty six is a sum of all parts car. Well, the, the CSL has been lost. CSL, no doubt about 100%. it. It's it's mm-hmm. magic. Do you remember Woodcutters one? The one mm-hmm. that got away. Uh, just it was a magical car. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you could easily do a top five here because they've had so many good cars. You know, there was the uh, the E thirty range as well, the M three Evos and stuff in yeah. it. Well, E ninety two. Even uh, non um, proper M cars, mm-hmm. like there's been some fabulous, like M140, M240. Mm-hmm. Uh, who doesn't love an E30, 325i Sport, or you yeah. know all those sorts of, yeah. you know, uh, those are all fabulous cars. Like uh, I, I would love it. I've never driven an original uh, E28 M, M5, but always loved uh, Mission Impossible and Tom Cruise yes. absolutely rinsing them. Yeah, absolutely first class. You know, so I'd love love a steer in one of them, but because I've been in. E34 we were out in one, one, one time. They, yeah. they were nice. Mr. Looney's yeah. uh, uh, E34 3.6. Yeah, 3.6, yeah. Nice sensible break. driving, I'm sure, with Mr. Oh, Looney. Oh, very, very yeah. sensible. Very slow and steady, mm-hmm. <laughs> as you can imagine. So what's your favourite, Andy? Um, well, you see, I haven't driven them all. I tell, I tell you, you don't I, say that fucking no, hours. Is this... Is this is, <laughs> and, and I'm more queer, queer in the question than anything else. Is a Z4M bread van one? Oh yeah, that's, well, that's, it is the M engine. It's proper so, yeah. class as an M car. Yeah. So, one one a silver one went on collect cars recently for about ten grand. No way. Now it was probably a dog, but and it only had a hundred k on it or something like that. It was maybe not particularly nice, yeah. but I think it's something. Having had and we have all had the E forty six M threes here, I thought, well, if I maybe want to go back and have something like that again, and the uh, Z four platform, something a wee bit mm-hmm. different. Uh, so, there's one we talked about before. Remember the Z8, Z8, which actually wasn't an M car, but like it really should have been. It had the M5, the M5 engine. engine. It was really unique. Yeah. So, so maybe because I fancy one a Z4 M bread van with the which has the 46 M3 engine. See the hairdresser in me. If I was going for a Z4 with the S54 engine, it would have to be the convertible. <laughs> Go wash your mouth. I think if you if I was going to buy a Z4 convertible, I'd buy the newer shape with the uh, with the M55 turbo. The, the convertible is nice. What I think is better than the coupe. The first, yeah. the first YouTube link. It, it does look quite quite look neat, but I, I think the, the the thing about the coupe is it has this kind of bubble ridge roof, which is about sixties looking. Yeah. See that? And see that coupe in the middle in the, in the blue? Is, mm-hmm. is it, what type of blue is that? Like Montreal that blue or something? Or, blue, yeah. yeah, what type of uh, blue is that? That is just beautiful. Is it Le Mans blue? Is it Le Mans blue or I something? It like it's gorgeous. Yeah. Funny you're talking about the bubble in the roof. Do you know what, actually? Do you remember the wee Peugeot RCZ? It had the bubble in the roof. I loved the look of them there. Oh yeah, I know, know what you mean. Uh, 
see your your hairdresser uh, <laughs> sentiment, sentimentality there. I uh, I think no, I think the uh, the Z four would be what the, was the, the one for me. Uh, AC Cobra that had the uh, fixed roof wasn't Daytona, was it? Oh. Maybe it was. I always think that the how, how do we get from M cars to pick your favorite Sorry, M car? Uh, it's, it's an AC Cobra. <laughs> my chain of thought here. Don't I always nice. thought that the Daytona one, there was kind of hints of the Z4M taken from it. Yeah. Something just about the, the curved drift and the long bonnet, but I suppose you get that in a lot of them sexy scopes. You know, I, I think that's just, it's uh, mm. it's it's really cool. It's it's a, it's a classic. And here, the prices haven't caught up. Well, well I, I don't know. what what If you wanted to buy, if I wanted to go out and buy an 03, 04, uh, E46 M3 uh, manual with, 100k on it and not rotten what sort of money would you have to get from 15 to 20 grand yeah more? you're talking about 15 grand for a decent yeah. one yeah. yeah so so actually similar sort of money for uh, uh, Z4M brand fan there's a question now Z4M versus the Z3M yeah Z3M is is unreal looking but how different yeah it's, it's so ugly you have to love it <laughs> It's, it's it is like it was never never designed to have a roof from day one, and uh, they had to kind of budget to make it fit. But it does work, and they get such good reviews. Yeah, yeah. no, I love. And then funny looking down there, I see a picture of the one M. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of forgotten about, doesn't it? It's a lot forgotten of forgotten about. But you see articles about M cars and things. Yeah, they they pop up all the time saying they're the modern day CSL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, supposedly just spectacular, but they were, and they were. Uh, in uh, like everything's a classic out of the gate. You can't buy a flipping bog standard polo these days without it being no. worth ten grand more than than you paid for it. But back when it came out in what twenty eleven, mm-hmm. they all sold out at retail, and then they just they just immediately started increasing yeah. in value. And I don't. But under- they just they don't seem to get a lot of press. They M two got much more press than they ever did. And I don't understand. Why they, you know, why they suddenly got now obviously great powertrain and, and great balance and all the rest, but that degeneration of one series was okay. It was nice, yeah, but, but they, it wasn't, you know, they it, weren't the prettiest. No, and and yet, uh, oh, don't get me wrong, I would um, sell my granny for one, absolutely class. So uh, fifty years of M cars, that's just yeah, it's hard to be fast. So, so we all agree then the E forty six is the best M car. About that. <laughs> Sharp intake of breath. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, would, I haven't had a uh, an M car in a day or two. I would, um, I would love one. They've certainly made more good ones than bad ones. You know, they've over the fifty years. There's been a lot of success there. You, you could never have gone wrong buying an M car, really. Pretty much, unless you bought a yellow one. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, what else has happened? Uh, we're going to talk about the MOT situation in Northern Ireland, or the lack of MOTs in Northern Ireland, and how impossible it is to get one. I went through it myself recently. Um, start of September, my car was due. I uh, went to get a date a month beforehand. Like I knew a month beforehand was actually run a bit late, but I figured I'll get a cancellation. Mm-hmm. And it took me about two and a half weeks, and like the closest I could get was January, and sometimes that's February and March of next year. That's, that's utterly ridiculous. That's mental. I, I heard actually as well that was it the case that you could only book? Th- could you book three months ahead, and then they extended it to six months or something? Yeah. That people were literally going on the website and they're getting no dates, like for mm-hmm. everywhere, no dates ever. Yeah, I forever. <laughs> like that's just it, uh, it's a joke of a thing. Um, I, I'm the same as guy. I was booking the the M3. It's 
um, when he was up uh, in September. And I was the same. I booked a month, five weeks before, and 15th, 16th of January is my date. And that was the first one I could get. Yeah. That's led to the situation now where people are literally driving over the country to get an MOT. And like I've always had years where you just have to go somewhere else. You drive to Oma from Belfast to get it done or whatever. But it's become the norm now almost. People yeah. are happy to drive 200 miles just Aye. to go and get an MOT somewhere. £30 for MOT, £60 a diesel to go and... Yep. Return journey. Yeah. To go and do it. That's, uh, that's frightening. And see at the same time, and I know some people are arguing, we should have this. It should be a system like England. Private garages should do it. But I don't know my experience. Well, that, that'll private, be abused. Ah, like that's my experience of, of private garages. It's in, already in abused it. in Northern Ireland. Getting private MOTs from from England, mm-hmm. it yeah. would be even worse. If it was done over here. But something needs to be done about it. Like it, you know, that's the long and the short of it. Oh, totally. But what is going to be done about it? Well, I, I, I thought that, you know the MOT is a fairly extensive test. I know it doesn't take that long, but surely they could have a like a, a streamlined version. Just to get cars through, check the important things, the tires, you know, the the things that really need to be checked. Yeah. You know, the more critical parts of the test, I guess, I would say. Or or put your cars, give them, you know, another year's grace or something like that, mm. just to ease the system. Yeah. You know, or some something like that. And no doubt they've, they've thought it, but, but they were snookered since the whole uh, problem with the lifts. Yeah. And I don't think they've ever they've ever recovered from it. And it's surely, just got worse. Surely our, our, our good parliament, up the Stormont, they'd be able to... Oh, hang on. Uh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Well, somebody's been there videos, you know, even setting up some kind of temporary stations just to deal with the backlog. And once you get through that, that'll be back to normal. If you work for the test centres, if you're the chief executive of the uh, Depart- Department for MOTs, we want you on this show and you can tell us all the problems you're having. Mm-hmm. And, and Do you think we could get one? Nolan can't get them on. Do you think we can get them on? Uh, well, that's true. <laughs> We're much nicer than Nolan. Definitely. And our sna- well, our snacks are probably equivalent well, to Nolan's. We share them. Yeah. <laughs> Nolan doesn't get around as much as Andy. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Couldn't oh, get wedged into an MC20. <laughs> <laughs> RZ4. Allegedly. Ross, you're very quiet over there, not talking about your M3. And what, what, apart from um, your... Why, what about your diff and your M3? We were talking about this before. Did you get your diff in? Yep, so diff finally after the ball ache of taking something over from England nowadays. So... If anybody hasn't been through the hassle of this, long story very short is if something has to come in to this country on a pallet, you have to go through traders, um, has to go through customs, has to go through absolutely everything. It's a complete handling, so mm-hmm. it is. So I was able to, now even though I've got, um, so to bring something on a pallet, you need to have an EORI number or an XI number because we're yes. based in Northern Ireland. No problem for me because I have mine through work. But if I'm buying a few as a private seller over in England, you obviously don't have one. Mm-hmm. Talk about a shit show of a thing. So I was able to bypass that by using UPS, who will carry up to 40 kilos. Mm-hmm. No problem at all. So a 40 kilo box, would they were able to bring it <laughs> over to me. Poor, poor fella from UPS. <laughs> Doing a crazy <laughs> walk to the death. <laughs> thing. Well, it, it gets better. So I paid for a 48-hour delivery with UPS. Uh-huh. And it was grand. It was about maybe 60 or 70. I can't even remember what it was. But, but it was no, it was less than 40 quid. And then for another 60 or 70 pound, you can insure it for the guaranteed value. UPS made a slight mess up on the label and it was treated then as an import from USA. <laughs> so my 48-hour delivery took them 19 working days to get to me and that was only after I was able to get onto UPS in Belfast. And you've made $100 of customs to pay as well. <laughs> went through x-rays, went through this, that and the other. So a complete handling, but yes, we've got the diff and um, mechanic was speaking to him. Everything's hunky-dory. He's obviously had the old diff out. 
the thankfully my M3 currently isn't suffering from the RACP. You know mm-hmm. the, that all M3s will, and not even all M3s, all three series of that E46 shape have the the crack in the the back cradle kind of subframe. thing. Subframe, yep. Subframe. So at this moment in time, mine is plain and clear and has a clean bill of health. So we've got the diff stuck into it. Um, when it was being done, uh, one of the springs fell out. Um, nice. You going felt spec? Were yeah. you? We're going to see you on one of those PSNI pages where, where, with, a, with, a, with a torch underneath. Torch right, like, right like, on the spar. Two cut springs and you can see the wire out of them tyres. So uh, thankfully Davy and Procard to the rescue, a phone call. Um, and two days later he had a proper set of buybacks in again with five-year warranty. So it was great. Um, so diff's in, springs are in, car's basically ready to come back and uh, can't get an MOT. Nightmare. Mm-hmm. But hey-ho. The, the joys of the joys of have, have you driven it yet with the new definite uh, no I was supposed to have it ready to save them but uh, the mechanic just didn't have it all the time oh so, man yeah, that's going to transform nice. them with the way that, that thing drives because they are a very long geared car very long geared so that'll just it'll just transform so really looking forward to it so hopefully is there a different ratio on this stuff yeah, so the standard one, I think, is about 3.68 or mm-hmm. 3.0, whatever it is anyway. The new one is 4.1, which, um, according to Pete Moore, he kind of, he's a geek about these things and he knows all the ratios and blah, blah, blah. But he showed that the theoretical top speed with the standard diff was like 193 miles an hour and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. The theoretical top speed with the 4.1 diff in it takes it down to like 165, 170-ish. Mm-hmm. But the acceleration through the gears is the end gears day difference. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be like I, I'm trying to think. They do over 100 mile an hour third gear those cars yeah. do. So like if it brings it down to like something sensible, like, like 90. Yeah, leptons uh, obviously because they've never done that sort of speed <laughs> in life ever. Um, it was uh, Armut Street Racer. He had a race M3 mm-hmm. um, E46, and he had a couple of different diffs. And he, he said to me, he says, when you put the four one in, he says, Ross, it's gonna be. You think you have an extra 100 horsepower? It mm-hmm. just transforms the whole drive. So. Yeah, I have it, but unfortunately I haven't driven yet. But that'll be for, for our next podcast. Absolutely class. Take it down for a rattle. Just keep checking the MOT set every day. Mm-hmm. F5. Fantastic. The other thing, uh, talking about the M3, uh, Rennes had ran a fantastic um, photo shoot down at the Australia Aviation Society. So I had the M3 down at, um, along with loads of other RMSers and loads of other people. It was, it was all actually for charity to raise money for a defib machine. Um, and he got some fantastic photographs, uh, obviously with the tornado down at the at the Air Museum. The culmination of trying to raise money for one defib machine, um, one of the other people uh, involved in the photo shoot, uh, they got onto their company who they worked for, and they had five defib machines sponsored, which is going to some local nursery schools and that there, and, and playgroups. Mm-hmm. So... Like he's an awesome guy, so he is That's just fantastic. so well Brilliant. respected, well thought of, um, and and just showing how the car community comes together when when there's something to be done. When you know, it was just amazing to see the the museum for the first place. What an awesome place! And if you're interested in planes and stuff like that at all, helicopters, everything in the museum has got a tie to Northern Ireland. So. It's, it's worth a visit, if nothing else, because it's just really, really cool. Um, but I said what he was able to do by getting like 30 or 35 people together. We all got fantastic photographs of the cars in, in like a, a location that nobody else can get. And what he done at the end of it by, by getting the money together for five defib machines was That's amazing. Was amazing. He's just, he's one hell of a guy. The pictures, are, him, yeah. pictures are class. Stick some photos in the, uh, in the thread, yeah. In the, in the thread, because it's, uh, 
it's uh, spectacular. Um, the other thing, uh, again, talking about Rennes and Pete and that there, we've done something that we haven't done in a long time, and that was just get up on a Sunday morning and go for a random drive. Just a crowd of us together. There was I had the N3 out, Pete was out in the Porsche Cayman, Rennes was out in the S2000. There was a friend of Rennes' from Scotland, Alan. He was over in an FD2, which, by the way, what an amazing event. Any of these guys ever driven Long one? time ago. Yeah. I couldn't get over it. The, the the sound of it, obviously, with the VTEC going, but the acceleration through the gears in that FD2. Now, they, I think they share a lot of similarities between the likes of the S2000 and that there. Mm-hmm. But the gearbox, uh, again, something similar to what I'm doing with the M3. It's, it's a much shorter ratio. Mm-hmm. And how it snapped through gears. Like, he was he was sitting with cars... 100 plus horsepower more than them easily because it was just all about the drive yeah just um, keep it on the boil all the time yeah That's but what you have to do see just five or six of us going out for a drive on an early sunday morning when the roads were empty not breaking any limits not doing anything silly but just kind of convoying a wee bit and, mm-hmm. and going for a drive and meeting up for a cup of coffee and spinning then over the back roads up over dundrod and that there going for another cup of coffee and just it really clears the mind and and you know, we're all talking about cars with a thousand horsepower here. You know, with SUVs. One of the guys, Mark, he was out in a GTD Golf, mm-hmm. and he drove the same roads as we did mm-hmm. at similar speeds as we did, and he had every bit as much fun as we did. But there was just something about. So it, it, it really, you know, it, it's just. It's not so much the car; it's just the, it's the occasion. The car, it's the occasion, yeah. the company, and it's something that that if you haven't done it in a while yourselves or any of the listeners. Speak to a couple of mates, jump in a car, and just go for a needless drive. I must do, like it has been too long, certainly since I've done it. You've probably done it recently, Andy. You go to a lot of things, but <laughs> yeah, well, but uh, but not necessarily something something no. like that. Just something, just you know, it's yeah. not not a particular thing. Like and the cars and coffees and all are fantastic. Cars and coffees are great, and there's normally good convoys out there. But but this was like literally Reynolds had dropped a message. Said, guys, there's a friend of mine over from England. He's a big petrol head. He's over in his FD2. And he's fancy meeting up tomorrow morning to go for a drive, so it was kind of like mm-hmm. Avengers Assemble, and we all just said, you know something? <laughs> Let's just go for it. And, and Get the latex on the way we go. <laughs> have a Saturday night. <laughs> but meeting up, even at Sprucefield in the morning, you know, the amount of people who came over, because, you know, there's five or six nice... Now, they're all, you know, at this stage, they're probably 18 or 19-year-old cars, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, but they're kind of classic cars, and they all, they're noisy, they smell of petrol. But there's good fun, and people are coming over and snapping photographs of them, going, oh, what are you guys doing? Yep. We're just going for a drive. Just for a run. Um, randomly, when we were out then, uh, so we stopped at Dundrod, um, up the Ulster GP circuit, and we were taking a few photographs and out there, and there's some guy in a white wheel-tail cosy came past, and he slowed down and goes, what are you doing? He says, just here, man, for a couple of photographs. So he pulled in, grabbed a couple of photographs, and then took off like a scalded cat. And, Class. and you know, some he was just out the same thing, some morning for a drive, yep. and jumped in with us, mm-hmm. followed us for a few miles, he peeled off one way, we went off our own way, and it was just, it was fantastic. Like, cool. like that, that sort of thing will die with our generation, you know, the, you know yeah. out with a noisy vehicle that you've, mm-hmm. you've kept good in the garage all week, and you want to get out and get just, the head shard and, and, and out with the lads. And see that head shard thing, that, that, that was actually, that was exactly what it was. See, just going out and not thinking about anything other than just going for a spin. And I said, we weren't driving fast, but we were just driving and... and mm-hmm. It was just we all every single one of us when we got back there we were talking about what, how good the roads were and mm-hmm. you know it was just a few nice twisties and out there and accelerating out through a town and there was just something cool about it and, and every one of us would grin at the end of it. So it was something that's 
really good to just get up and do once in a while for no reason other than meeting up your mates, doing what we used to do 20 years ago, Andy. Like, I can remember yep. going to different cruises and that there. Do you remember you had the wee red Corolla at the time? Oh, absolutely. But, like, again, none of us were, were flying machines at that stage, but we were just driving and needlessly driving somewhere to meet up at Nuts Corner, and we're all standing at the side of the road talking shit about uh, who's done this, that, and the other, and yep. K&N intakes and tights over the back lights to, to darken them. Well, that type of thing <laughs> defines why we're car enthusiasts and not just people who drive them from A to B. Yeah. You, know, you uh, do it for absolutely. fun and for enjoyment. Yeah. So, yeah, which is why we love doing this because we just yeah. like and hope, hopefully the three people that listen to us enjoy it as, uh, as well. But just, our wives, you know, <laughs> just just uh, talking shit about about cars about and cars and, and you know actually I, I've had quite a few people in the shop and that they're chatting to me about it and they said Do you know something Ross really like we're enjoying the podcast because it's just it's just lads talking crap and slagging each other and, you know, just having a bit of fun. And, and really... Well, no, I'm here to outdo you all, <laughs> by the way, every single... Well, yeah. you know, that's, that's all I'm here you for. You do that. Just, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying my best here, trying my best. But, uh, but yeah, it was just... It, it, it really reminded me why we're doing what we're doing. Like, I built a business on something I loved. You know, we're, we're doing this podcasting over a shared love over something that we all grew up with. And it, it kind of reminds you why we do what we're doing why do it for the, the jam donuts that you bring every time <laughs> which haven't been opened Gary your 15s are f- fabulous there I was, I was much, making so. good use of the mute I can see there. there's quite a few gone I was getting them horsed, horsed into me <laughs> absolutely uh, uh, first class uh, there was something else I actually meant to mention and and that is that uh, Mr Riley here cannot help himself but get published left mm-hmm. right and centre <laughs> So in, it's in the it's in the current Evo. It's in the September or October. Yeah, we had a statue. Latest just, issue of, of a, a small letter, nothing else. A, a small letter, nothing but, to write home about. But every single time you write in, you get it published. I, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure because they're always absolutely but awesome. I, I do write often. That's the problem. And I'm starting to feel like you know that there was um, this thing back in probably the eighties and nineties. You know when people retired and had nothing to do and they just settled in. Wrote letters of complaint and stuff like that. There. <laughs> readers Did digest. Their, readers digest and their, their local readers papers. Lives. Readers wives. I was always complaining, but I feel like I'm starting to get the gut of evil. There's a, another letter from Riley coming in. So, yeah, no, it's just uh, I, I always read the articles uh, over and over and read the letters, and more often than not, I feel like I've something to say about them, you know. And I've written articles for RMS, as you know, so I tend to put pen to paper. Uh, rather and we, than just and we want and we want more of that because the the, yeah. the, the stuff you, you you so you you not only in in this particular instance had you written the article, but you also were um, is it letter of the month or something like that? So you got you got a watch? Do you have the watch with you? I don't have it yet. Yeah, but because um, yeah, you you went Ian Everly, I think the editor yeah. or managing editor, he emailed, emailed me the other day to ask me just from my address to confirm it. So it's on its way. Awesome. After yeah. so yeah. the obligatory watch pose in on the car. So so not not only that, but the letter you wrote was. Uh, that was Richard Porter was given off about a Zaga, yeah, and and uh, uh, it moved house, hadn't he? Uh, he wanted a new house, and there was an Aga, and he just did not see the point of it, and he said he was going to get rid of it and stuff. And then I have uh, my parents had an Aga, and I, I loved it, so it just mm-hmm. something clicked in my head, and uh, I wrote a letter in about it, and kind of made us something about cars. And it was a really good because uh, I was flying over to Manchester last week, and I've got Evo in the on the iPad, and I'm sitting flicking through, and I was like. Guy Riley shit. I wonder is it. I wonder and then Asshole. You message in and it was a, I have to give you credit, it was a really, really well written letter and it was very emotive. Yeah, yeah. and and uh 
and it's, well, it's, it was it's part of the whole conversation is it old old versus new and all the rest because Porter had actually written an article uh, two evils back or something about giving off about uh, someone's house being like there was no switches in the walls and all the rest. It was just an iPad to control everything. You know, like the, what, yeah. what do they do as a job? They're a, they're yeah, a car. He, he loves the old stuff. He's always talking about Land Rovers and old Jaggers and things he got there. So he's definitely got an appreciation for it. So what are the chances that you write the letter and the same week I'm actually talking to the man? So as, 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 as I, no that was how I, I said, no. I said uh, my mate says you're an agophobic. Uh, you know. <laughs> my mate says you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he was, he was laughing about it. So, yeah. Uh, fabulous! Keep writing. Want to want to see some of your stuff? Some more. Uh, I'm, I'm determined to get two watches out of them, so right. I'll try my best. <laughs> Fun, fantastic! And back to S two thousands. We've we've both owned S two thousands. My wife had one for about three years, and you had one for probably summer period of time. Actually, yeah, modified it a bit, and yeah. I remember what I did. Not that long ago. Well, our, I brought over the, the the roof from America. I remember the. Um, Spoon Roof or something Sp- was it? Aye, uh, Mugen Roof. Mugen. That's what it was. And then wheels and bits and pieces lowered and all the usual, you know. Yeah, Great yeah. cars though. They're Absolutely brilliant <coughs> engine in them. I was lucky enough uh, that Sunday when we went out for a drive then, so uh, I had to drive in Rennes' car then, and I could not get over just how tight, how point-to-point it was. Mm-hmm. The, the gearbox, the throw was just so short on it. That's and right on your arm too, because you rested on yeah, the tunnels raised in those. Tunnel, yeah. And... and as soon as it hits VTEC, it's just, it's just amazing. Oh, it's nothing like VTEC. There's nothing like it. There, there really isn't. I got, I got out of his S2000 and into the N3, going, this thing's a fucking boat. <laughs> like it was, it, it was just like how you cocooned into the cockpit of it. It, it, it was just, it was beautiful. I, I loved it so. Much. And they've actually, they've aged really well. Oh, they are uh, just iconic. Car. Yeah. Beautiful. And Even totally standard. I think if you buy a facelift one and a kind of bright color, they got photo wave up there at the moment a red one I just think that they, they still look great for their age the red's lovely the blue's the blue's lovely as, as well uh, hard to get now I think you need to give really strong money to get a yeah. nice one yeah um, but they're a car that they're not losing money on them now no uh, although I will caveat that with you know we're rose tinted glasses they're not that fast says it sort of quietly but it's not but it's never really about that you know it's like every VTEC and every Type R they're always like in torque and you know a comparable turbo car would go a lot quicker nowadays but just it's it's the fun of driving it it's that stretching that engine out to 9000 revs and oh, pushing abs- it along absolutely something I would love to get a drive in again yeah. is a um, DC2 and so, so some, someone had said about uh, uh JDM cars, and we'll touch a bit about Hondas, and we'll, we'll get onto the railway drive stuff, which I will f- never stop talking about um, at some other stage. But uh, we've we've owned lot we've owned lots of Hondas, but oh, too many. My um, Integrity uh, Type R DC two. What I have just very distinct memories of it just blowing me away. Yeah. <clears throat> every time I drove it, and felt so special. And, that, and that's so why you consistently see them in you know articles that reference the the best front wheel drivers of all time. Yeah. True. They're always in the top two, they're, three at least. Yeah, they're, again, they're some of all parts car. They're not the fastest car, but they're not supposed to be. Yeah. And I literally, I couldn't get over just how direct that steering was. Yeah, it, it was, was always the balance. It handled it really yeah. well. And they probably, you know, I haven't, I haven't driven one of the new Civic Type R's, the the turbo ones that we're talking about earlier. But I feel like from reading about it, certainly that they, they've nailed it flat as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they had two turbo models. They had the the one that came out just before. Remember, it was slightly more uh, chunkier shape, and then yeah. mm-hmm. the longer hatchback came out. And the first one, 
probably not quite as well received. I remember my brother drove one and he felt they were very, very hard in the road and very rigid, but mm-hmm. the other one seems to be a bit better balanced. You know, so it'll be interesting to see this new model coming out now if it does as good a job. It's got the same engine. Yeah. And I think the same guy who worked on the chassis for the one before is doing this one as well. And they're so. about 300 and something horse, are they? Up a little bit, probably about 325 or 330, yeah. something like that. So quite a lot still for a front wheel drive. Front wheel drive, sure. Essentially. Um, so I'm just, um, uh, we, I think we'll wrap this up shortly here, guys. Because, sure. But we've, we've uh, because we've mo- more to cover, there's some good questions here in the forum which we will um uh, we will come back to uh, there's a bit of chat about drag racing so um, Mr. 56 Oval if you're listening I'm going to be saying you, there's going to, be, going to be a PM sliding its way into your inbox because I'm hearing great things about uh, the uh, Straightliners NI which is uh, fantastic Sliding um, into your DMs Sliding into the uh, DMs We're, we'll come back to some of these questions are fantastic favourite car from each decade biggest Code Brown moment um, oh, that's a great term Isn't it Code Brown <laughs> Code Brown is, is fantastic What makes a garage queen Or uh, King Insert reference Not to offend A snowflake Johnny says <laughs> well, we'll come back uh, uh, Favourite flavour Of uh, Monster And this is in, in reference To me having a newborn At uh, At home And I tell you what I, I stay away from that stuff We're having caffeine This evening I, My sleep is Jittery a Nightmare as it, as it is Never your, mind Your sleep never really turns to normal No You just get used to waking up early And it sticks with you Yeah Oh you're right I was up at 6 o'clock this morning I was in, in work about an hour early Because I was like Yeah my, my <laughs> whole, and, I, and before I would have like Slept the oh. day No problem Even even when the rest of the family You know faffs off for the weekend Somewhere near left near own You still tend to waken Or I do anyway 7 o'clock in the morning Because like, you're just used to it Oh my god Lions don't work yeah, but do you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. Even you though. wouldn't. Oh, no, definitely not. You wouldn't. Well, do you know what? I would have a friggin' Lotus in the driveway. It has, <laughs> it has, it has yet to appear. Monster decals up the side. See, before we go, there's one more thing uh, that you need to know about. We should be more organising about this, but I tell you, there's one. There's an event coming up. It is uh, this weekend, Saturday, the 24th of September, in the 2022s, and that is called Deutsch Collective mm-hmm. and that was run by GTI and I and it was down uh, at Scarva House which looking on the map is like near sort of Ban Bridge south Station. of Port of Down somewhere like that near Lock Brickland so um, and do you know what I haven't even read the details about the show I just know it's run by GTI and I so it's probably an awesome venue it's probably going to have Really laid back atmosphere, probably good food, probably yeah. amazing cars. So just go. It, it's um, Titanic Dubs uh, is normally the the season closer, but yes. there's a lot of work happening down there at the minute in Titanic Dubs. So the guys have been scouring the country and they found another really cool location. Um, as Nigel himself said, it's it's kind of along with the the Castlewell vibe. Somewhere it's just really relaxed, um, and I'm going to be there obviously this weekend. Cannot wait because everything else about it just looks. What you would expect from what those GTI and I guys do is just a really lovely, relaxed atmosphere, cool cars, cool people, you know, good food, a bit of fun, a bit of crack. Yeah. Us all doing what we do. Yeah. Super. And on that note, I think we'll pull this into the Dundrod Petsy for a few photos. As usual, like and subscribe and do all the things we're supposed to be telling you to do so you can hear us again. We're everywhere at RMS Motoring and on rmsmotoring.com. Uh, ask us any questions on the forum. It's the best place for it. There's a thread there for it. And uh, Thanks for joining us. Remember, there's definitely not a warranty. 
like a gel or a product that I was <laughs> looking up buying. This was sold to sink. <laughs> <laughs> 